0: We want to understand where to buy, what neighborhoods, what zip codes, what streets, what blocks, what are the comps doing, what's the price to rent ratio. Basically, gathering all this data to help us understand is this a viable market, number one? Is this a legal market, number two? Right. And to basically start transitioning down until it checks all the boxes and we're like, we really like this market, or maybe we don't. Right. And therefore, we'll continue making our purchases there. Welcome to the
1: REI Mastermind Network techvisor.com tech i'm sorry it's techvestor.com again it's techvestor.com and i'll make sure to have that link in the show notes but see if i really appreciate your time here today you have a very interesting platform that you have built here and if you're into short-term rentals this might be an option for you but we don't typically spend a lot of time on people's backgrounds and how you got into this, but I'm always fascinated on that story, especially when you're building a platform from scratch. Steve started, was working at Facebook for about five years, and now he's an entrepreneur launching his own product. So how did you go from Facebook to deciding to get into short-term rentals for, as a niche?
0: Yeah, I was, uh, I was living the nomad life in tech, traveling between San Francisco or Los Angeles and some other parts for quite a while. And between my co-founder and I, Sabrina, we, she also comes from tech. She's ex-Apple herself and we were finding ourselves having an interest in travel and being working remotely. This is all pre-pandemic and uh, we were like, how do we do this at scale? How do we buy five, six, eight properties? And it was really hard for us to do that manually. And again, we come from these worlds of technology, right? You walk on a Facebook campus and everything is automated or blessed with technology in some capacity. And you walk from the world of real estate, let alone short-term rentals, and everything is, well, archaic (laughs) in every single way. And we were like, this sucks. So how do we make it better? And uh, we built software for the world of short-term rentals to help serve ourselves on the acquisition side. We can underwrite over 60,000 properties a month using our software. And what we realized is we had the parts of the business kind of solved on acquisition, design, operations, and really revenue management to drive really great numbers that a lot of people, a lot of our friends, coworkers from the past are like, hey, this seems really interesting. And COVID had just happened it was going on, right? Pandemic. And you saw people want to get out and get out to these rural areas and travel and be more nomadic. it. Obviously, we see the debates of work from home today. And we just happened to be in the right place, right time. And uh, people entrusted us with their money, and we've been delivering pretty good returns so far. We launched in November of 2021, and we are on property number 41 today here in August.
1: Okay. So you said, you how many properties can you underwrite at a time?
0: We can underwrite 60,000 properties a month today. So today we're underwriting over 260 different markets all across the country, and we do all of that with technology. So our team spends their time on the 6% of properties that actually pencil for us, which is great, right? So that's a big part of real estate. Okay.
1: So where are you sourcing the data that's being fed into to your
0: platform? Yep. We have really great partnerships and advisors on our team. So for example, we're plugged into the MLS on that front. We have great partnerships with companies like Eric. One of our advisors, Laszlo, used to be the SVP of analytics over at realtor.com. And we have what we call key people in key places that can really add some value to us in what we're trying to accomplish. Um, But really all we're doing is we're taking parts of the internet, all this public data and really running it through an algorithm to help us directionally point us to better, more profitable properties in a faster way, right? in a niche that is 99% mom and pop, right? Like again, we're not competing with Blackstone here. We're competing with the person next door.
1: With Do you mind sharing what are some of the things that you would be looking at re- through your algorithm versus like a traditional rental property?
0: Yeah, so the first thing that our software does, a very high-level service, is as soon as a property hits the market, the open market, then we have it underwritten typically within about 30 seconds. And if that property meets a certain threshold, it shows up in what's what we call our feed. Our feed is what we where we like to window shop, right? So it's these are all properties that have already pre-vetted algorithmically and statistically. Because uh, we're pulling data from the open market, we're pulling data from AirDNA, we're pulling mark- market data and comps and all these other things as well as from other resources. And it's telling us, hey, this property could realistically make a good short-term rental. And so for us, really great. We look at it, our team spends their time on the properties that should pencil numerically. And therefore we make, when we look at a property, it's better time spent. And so that's the first part on the high level of what we're doing. In phase two, where we're at today is we've been operating our live properties pretty well, generating about 42% more revenue and 52% more occupancy year to date than our competitors in our markets. So sometimes the most common question we get is how, how are you driving that type of performance? And so for us, it's all about data. And there are no good data tools today on the market for short-term rentals. So we're building our own, right? We built our own basic operating system for running a good short-term rental. And yes, we get the question all the time, will we ever release our software to the public? And that's something we may consider doing in the future.
1: So this isn't technically, at least at this point, a platform that I could sign up to and do some underwriting myself. Do you have some sort of syndication or a fund or how do people get involved or how does, this, how does your business model work?
0: Yeah. So you hit it right on the head. So we run a real estate fund syndicate and passive investors who are looking for passive income in this niche or alternative asset class can invest with us with as little as 25 grand. So they sign up, they go through the process, they'll chat with our investor relations team, make sure it's a good debate, get their questions answered, go ahead and join our fund. Um, and then they become a shareholder and LP in all properties that we've acquired in that fund. We do all the work. We send you a, a check every quarter, right? In fact, on our websites, as you invest, we do the rest right? It's our mini tagline. And you're getting the advantage of everything done for you. And predominantly because short-term rentals, if you've never done them before, even if you have, you'll know that it's a lot of work to get from end to end. It's part hospitality, part real estate, part business, part design. And typically most people aren't looking for that. But short-term rentals have great yield, especially in a time like today when we're seeking great yield in our investments. Those are really advantageous. And for us, it's a big bet. We believe we can take single-family homes, buy them based on value, generate great yield from those values and essentially sell them like you would sell commercial or multifamily property, which is based on revenue. So that's our big bet over the next five to 10 years.
1: Okay. You mentioned you're in over 200 markets now?
0: We underwrite over 200 markets, uh, over 260, 70 markets, but we are only active actually in about nine of them. So we track them mostly. Right. Because before we enter a market, we do what we call mapping. And so if we have an interest in say Charleston, South Carolina, before we even enter Charleston, South Carolina, we'll actually tell our software, start mapping Charleston, South Carolina. We want to understand where to buy, what neighborhoods, what zip codes, what streets, what blocks, what are the comps doing, what are what's the price to rent ratio. Basically gathering all this data to help us understand is this a viable market, number one, is this a legal market, number two, right? And basically start transitioning down until it checks all the boxes and we're like, we really like this market or maybe we don't, right? And therefore, we continue making our purchases there.
1: So as you're adding properties to a portfolio, I would imagine you'd have to have a certain amount of boots on the ground. How has that been going regarding managing these properties and the turnover?
0: Yeah, Sabrina is incredible, right? As our co-founder and she runs our entire operational team. So we have geographical teams all across the country that stand up properties. For us, we essentially white label anything that's physical infrastructure. So think cleaners, handymen, all that type of stuff. You know, we outsource, we hire, we build those partnerships and relationships because we can't be in all these markets at once, it's just not possible. Now, anything that can be handled remotely, guest communications, design, those types of things we do all in-house, right? And that allows us to deliver the best experience to our end user and our guests and our investors. While also giving us the scale at which we can be in any market that we really choose to be in. And so the terms and those types of things are really just about setting really proper infrastructure in place in these markets, which we can set up in typically about a week or two once we enter that market or acquire a property in that
1: location. So one of the things that I've been looking into some short-term rentals myself, and it's the turnover that's always Kill some of these opportunities like have you have found any tactics or strategies or is this something that's part of your software that to keep some of those expenses under control
0: yeah software while it solves a lot of problems i don't think it'll ever solve a human problem and we know and understand that right so we believe so first and foremost we are a real estate company powered and guided by technology we are not a tech company that does real estate but i think that's a really important distinction Because while we do have a platform of what we do, we are guided by that technology. And when it comes to that turnover and that the revenue management and the expenses, it's not perfect, right? We track a lot of data so we know where money is being spent. And I think oftentimes that's the first thing that your typical operator is not doing. Most people don't know where the money is going. And because you don't know where the money is going, you can't take action based on where that money is going. So for us, we can tell you how much money we spent on renovations compared to furniture, compared to landscaping, compared to utilities, electricity, everything broken down. And if we notice something is off, then that's something that we can go on to improve. In fact, we look at a syndication, especially in short-term rentals, very much like a bell curve, right? You buy it, you acquire it, you launch it. And then those first three to 12 months is all about stabilization, right? It's about getting feedback from guests that's qualitative, Right, There's no software there. It's like hearing what's going on in that property people are experiencing. And then also looking at the data and being like, wow, we spent $1,200 a month on this X thing. Can we get that lower? Right? How do we get that lower? And so our team of six on the portfolio management side, we meet twice a week and we go over these numbers and try to understand how we can improve and optimize it. Because as we all know, a small increase in that NOI is a huge value add when adder when you go exit this property based on cap.
1: Right. Have you exited any of your properties yet? Or is that we something
0: so, We have. So people ask us, have we and why have we? So we launched in November and you'd be surprised to hear that we have eight exits already under our belt. And you'd be like, that's fast. That's not even a year in. And so the reason we bought properties, set them up, designed them, furnished them, renovated them, and sold them based on cap is we wanted to prove a point, we wanted to prove that our business model could work. We wanted to test the theory, right? This big bet that we said, "Hey, we can buy based on value and sell there." So we project that we saw most of our properties between a six and an eight cap, right? Is that range for this type of an asset class? The eight exits that we've done so far have been between eight, have been between a five and a half and a six and a half cap. So that's been incredible cap rate compression and success that we've seen super early, and about a thirty eight percent weighted IRR.
1: Okay, based on you take in a you're onboarding a property, you find one that meets your at agrhythmic hurdles and then your underwriters, what are some of the first things you do? What do you do to rehab and or what's that low hanging fruit that you've found is like the best bang for your buck?
0: So living spaces and kitchens oftentimes are huge value adds because when people are staying in an Airbnb, oftentimes it's the gathering areas that actually are why they're selecting an Airbnb over things like hotels and typical hospitality type segments, right? Mm -hmm. So the kitchen where you can get around the counter and cook and talk and drink and have a good time in the game rooms or the big living rooms or these types of things, things that you typically don't see in traditional hotels. And then also for us, a lot of it is about amenities. For example, in Scottsdale, which is one of our markets, those backyards in Scottsdale that we have are completely decked out, right? There's putting greens, there's pools, there's cabanas. You feel like you're away from home, right? And it's experienced versus say one of our cabins out in New York is very rural. It's very rustic and authentic in terms of the experience we want to deliver there and has a beautiful hot tub underneath the trees. right? So it's just a different vibe that you're going for. And I think that's a big difference between Airbnb and typical hospitality is you're selling the experience as much as you're selling the actual logic.
1: I suppose that's where your underwriters come into play. I can't imagine unless I'm mistaken, your algorithm probably can't pick up the quality of Gathering areas in a house?
0: It doesn't at all. And that's why we've actually brought on a head of data. His name is John earlier this year. And John basically owns the qualitative side of this, right? So the data directs us to where we should be looking. And then we qualitatively underwrite a specific things. So I'll give you an idea in Scottsdale, small things that the data suggests are relevant to successful properties are two different living rooms very qualitative metric. And you would, be, you would never have noticed that unless you really dive into the data. Pools, super important Scott Scottsdale. Five bedrooms at a minimum can sleep mm. 10 to 12 people at a minimum are typically your most profitable properties in that market in terms of price to rent ratio. Now take that and compare that to say the Poconos, which is down in Pennsylvania about an hour and a half away from New York City. Design, not as important. Amenities like hot tubs, grills, fire pits, very important in terms of what you can do there because it's, it's about a two and a half season market where you have summers and winters and then probably lower than average occupancy throughout the rest of the year. And so those are the types of things that we look for. And then one of the most surprising things that we figured out, and we did this because of our design arm, murals, beautiful, big, Instagrammable murals, cost 700 bucks, one of the best ROI investments you can do for your property. Right. And so we actually analyze and track trends that are on a qualitative level, see if we can track them to quantitative improvements. Right. And then on our on our renovation side, typically we're going to, for every dollar we spend, we're going to get 140% back in equity. So for us, mm-hmm. we're very happy with that on the front end for our investors, right. In terms of a risk reward.
1: Earlier, you mentioned mapping out an, an area or new location. How much data do you collect on that area before you make the decision to move into that area?
0: That's a good question. I think the better way for us to think about it, it would be how much time do we allow for data to collect because I think that's arguably been the biggest hurdle over the last year or two, right? When you had to go back 2 years ago and there's no supply, nothing coming on market really almost ever. It's hard to collect enough data that's coming on market. And then you look at the last say 3 months when, you know, a lot more has come on market, we can track and map that market better, right? And the reason we look at open MLS data and not a pre-sold data or things that are off-market is because those are not active opportunities for the level of scale that we're going at. And so I would say typically we're looking for 90 days of data, but in a perfect world, we actually want 12 months of data. And the reason for that is because one of the big things with short-term rentals is seasonality, right? And there are certain markets that we can identify that are better to purchase in certain months. In fact, we see price drops in certain seasons in certain markets because of XYZ reasons, right? So we're like, hey, we want to acquire in this market, ideally in this time frame, right? Or for example, if we're going to buy in Poconos, which is a heavy weather market, right? In terms of the dynamics of the weather that happens in that market, we can't just buy in October or November and say, we're going to do a full gut renovation in 60 days. It's unlikely that's going to happen, right? Because you're going to face snow and rain, and other things that will go on there. So that type of data allows us a lot of decision-making, right? When we think about where to go and how to scale.
1: So just a reminder, everybody, we're talking to Seif with techvester.com. So head over to that and see if it might be a good fit for you. When you're bringing on investors, do they have to be accredited or how does that look?
0: Yep. So we only work with accredited investors directly. There are partners of ours that do work with us on a non-accredited basis, but we work with accredited exclusively.
1: Sure. Just, I just wanted to call that out so that people have an idea of what to expect there. How long have you been doing Techvester now?
0: We launched in, out of stealth in November of 2021. What are we in? 10 months now? We're still a baby compared to a lot of companies. <laughs>
1: right. But how many members on your team right now?
0: Our team is 17. And so most of those are part-time, right? Because we don't need the full scale, but our core portfolio management team and our core ops team is about 10 to 20.
1: Okay. It sounds like, are you bootstrapping this? Are you, it sounds like you got quite a, quite, quite some backing, at least mentorship wise on your board.
0: We do. We have great advisors and people like Rob over at Bigger Pockets. He's been fantastic. Michael Elefante, who's big in the short-term rental space. Scott Shatford, who founded AirDNA. Laszlo, who's previously the head of product over at Zupper. Really fantastic people. We we joked with them when we brought several of them on. We knew we were a young company led by young leadership, and we asked for white hair on the team because we knew we didn't know what we didn't know. And so we've really had really great experience with them. We are not venture-backed. We are fully bootstrapped. And while we've had the offer several times to raise capital and take this into a venture back route. For us, we're heavily focused on being incredibly cash flow positive and not going down that venture route today. And I think so far it's been a success.
1: It just takes, especially when you're in a bootstrapped environment and you've built a team up to this level, how have you gone about recruiting and building such a strong team?
0: I spent five years at Facebook in a talent background and I didn't know it would prepare me for the world of entrepreneurship this way. We, when I joined Facebook's production engineering team, the team was about 89. And we took it to over 1,100 over five years and dozens of offices across the country. And what I learned in that process is that people in every possible business are arguably your most important asset that you can ever have. So it was always important to us to have the best of the best talent. And we had really no stomach to anything less than that. And so for us, we went out and we recruited specific short-term rental experts in this space. Take Taylor, for example, who's our head of acquisition, right? Comes from a non-traditional background, sales background, but has successfully ran and operated his own short-term rentals for several years successfully with incredible performance. John, who's our head of data, in fact, he's known as the Airbnb data guy. People go to him literally for them to analyze his therapy. We were very lucky to be able to land him on our team and several other people on our team, including the likes of people like Skylar and Dylan on our operations team. Every single person on our team runs their own short-term rental portfolio. We drink the Kool-Aid ourselves. And so that's a unique identifier to us and a competitive advantage. And we we really reached out to them and brought them on board and sold them on this vision of what we're building, which is the first and largest short-term rental portfolio across the country in this format. And that's a journey worth building to all of us.
1: That's especially interesting. You know, when we're talking to real estate investors, one of the things is that if you're going to be talking to a real estate investing guru or coach or mentor, one of the first things we ask them to ask if is, uh, do you actually do this or are you just teaching it? You know, that it's interesting to see somebody in your position who's actually hiring team members that are actually doing it on a regular basis. I, that's got to make a world of difference.
0: Incredibly. In fact, we joke all the time that we're running probably three to four different businesses and have six mini CEOs on our team. And we trust each other to do our parts incredibly well. Between Sabrina and I, she runs everything operations and on, right, from that point forward. And I handle everything on the front end from capital and acquisition. So I can't do what I do without her and she can't do what I do without me. And that's a uh, that's a trust that we have to have. And those are completely different businesses because we're fully or vertically integrated from management to acquisition to design. We have to trust that the next domino will fall. And mm-hmm. I think that's why it's really important for us to hire autonomous leaders who can go do those types of things and why we've chosen to stay as lean as we are today for the type of scale that we want to get to.
1: So, when it comes to the Airbnb world, you're relatively still young. Did you find it difficult to be positioned correctly or prominently within the Airbnb platform? What kind of steps did you do to stand out so your listings got noticed?
0: The first thing that we looked at was as the user, right? We were users ourselves and we owned our short-term rentals previously. Like all of us had one, two, three, four, etc. And the first opportunity by far was design. Like we take a big approach to designing and renovating our assets so that they're Instagrammable, that you want to stay there. They're aesthetically pleasing because Airbnb is a product. Airbnb is a tech company, and that's something that we understood incredibly well. In fact, Airbnb is very similar to Google. Things like ranking, keyword, all those things actually matter. And so we track ranking right on our properties. We track keyword ranking. We track which photos do better. We track what do people care about in this market? We look at in this zip code, in this market, 35% of properties that are performing in the 90th percentile and above have a hot tub. We have data. I go back to data so eloquently here because it's the most important thing that we do to Im- that allows us to run and operate at the levels that we do. And without that data, we're, we don't have direction. Everything is a guess because this is a non-institutionalized asset class. It's not something that we can go and pull a report on and be like, how has multifamily been doing for the last 30 years? And look at trends. That just doesn't exist. In fact, this has been one of our advisors brought this up in the past and said, you know, this is like storage in the 90s. No one believed in storage in the 90s. They're like, why would you need a place to store your stuff? Doesn't make sense. Then I joke around and I'm like, when there's this man named Jeff Bezos comes along with Amazon and says, you know, we can send everything over to your house in two days or less. And all of a sudden you're buying a lot more stuff. <laughs> you need more, more space, right? Houses have gotten bigger. Even that hasn't accommodated. And so for us, data is everything. Data allows us to run better, price better, design better, operate better, raise better, everything that we do.
1: Yeah, this is really interesting, Steve. And I, you could tell I probably could just continue to nerd out and we can go even deeper on some things. But just a reminder, everybody, again, techvestor.com. For more information about if you want to participate in what Seif and his team are doing, it's, there's a lot going on here, especially when it comes to data. You're absolutely right. When, you first started, when we first started off, we got to face fact, when it comes to real estate investors and realtors for that matter, I don't know how many years behind everybody is when it comes to technology, but this is a very underserved area.
0: And that's something that we're hoping to address. And our goal in the future is to dog food our own products, right? So as we continue to perform well, and hopefully that trend continues, we hope to help other operators in this niche as this niche becomes more traditional with better tools, right? And we operate at this intersection of real estate company and startup, right? Many venture. And I think that's a really competitive advantage that we have.
1: See, if you're ready, I have a few rapid fire questions to learn a little bit more about you. Let's do it. So here is your opportunity. You're in real estate investing now. What is one real estate investing myth you'd like to bust here today?
0: Mm, That's a great one. That you can do it alone. I see a lot of these people saying, hey, just start. You can do everything by yourself and you don't need a team until later until until you need to grow. That's bullshit. You need a team and you need (laughs) a team 10 times faster than you think you need it. And if you don't, you have no one to watch your blind side. Yeah, awesome. which there's a lot of blind sides. <laughs> yeah,
1: there's a lot of blind sides. So, what book would you recommend everybody checking out?
0: One of my favorite books is actually a book called Superfans, and it's a book essentially about it's about building products, but it's about understanding how to build it for your superfans. Your ten percent, not necessarily your majority. And the reason I find this really valuable is we're in a niche that we, are investors, are believers in this short-term rental space. There are believers in that this is a new niche. There are believers in that this could be the next big thing. There are believers in this thing. We serve that specific niche and that this rich, riches are in the niches is a very big thing that we follow and believe in when it comes to investing. And that's why we're so hyper-focused because our software, we can apply it to long-term rentals tomorrow. It's very easy. It's it's a slightly different underwriting, but we don't, right? Everything that we do is exclusively focused on that. And we serve the super fan of this niche.
1: So I'll have to check that one out. What's the best piece of business advice you've ever received?
0: Start way sooner than you think you're ready. And I was probably 16, 17 when I started and sold my first business. And from then I take that money and started flipping cars and went on to college and started working, doing everything from there. And then got recruited into big tech and started building side businesses and products. The curiosity, the earlier you start, will continue to bug you. And one day it'll work. Just keep being curious.
1: Okay. What is the biggest mistake, business mistake you've made so far? And what did you learn from it?
0: Hiring and not firing fast enough. And as someone who comes from the talent space and as someone who leads a small team, you need to be able to let go of bad eggs on your team faster than you think because they will infect other. Eggs. And the smaller your team is, the higher the combustibility.
1: Okay. If you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be?
0: I think it would be to actually go faster. Like I think we've seen incredible growth over the last 10 months and things that we've done in general with software and things that we've tested But I think oftentimes we've waited a little bit too long to try to deliver a more perfect solution than just going
1: for it. See if this has been a great conversation. Is there a question or concept you wished we would have covered here today?
0: I think the world of short-term rentals is so new. And I think there's a lot of education around it, especially as an investable asset class. So perhaps another time, another episode, Jack, we can deep dive into short-term rentals and their history and the data and why we're super excited about it, but we're super stoked about it. And so for anyone who's interested in learning more about that, even in our deck, we have about 40, 40 pages that is all about the history of short-term rentals and just pure data on why we believe in this asset class, because the behavioral changes in the societies that we live in today support this asset class. Yeah,
1: that, that'd be interesting to go through sometime. One more time. TechVestor.com. Take a look at the, what Seif and his team have got going on. There's a lot of great information there. Again, it's TechVestor.com. Thank you, Seif. I hope you'll come back again like you, you offered. I'm going to take you up on that.
0: Anytime, Jack. Thank you for having me. You've been fantastic. And thank you for, uh, for hosting a great conversation.
1: Have you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing,